This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. It is Full Press Radio Live. It is Monday. 27th of February 2023, and, um, well, no football for two weeks, unless you're watching the XFL. I, I you know, to be honest, Sean, I, I haven't really had a chance to watch any, not that I, um, don't want to, it's just, you know, I need a little bit of a break. Last couple weeks, uh, Sundays have been kind of nice, got some work done around the house, cleaned up a bit, watched some TV, you know, that type of stuff. Stuff I normally wouldn't do on Sundays uh, when the football season's going on. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm not gonna lie though. I'm, I'm still, I'm still a little bit high. Yeah, you heard me. Don't say that. Is no, it legal well, in Florida. I know let it's me, legal let me, business, let so. me, let, let me clarify. Let me clarify. Okay. <laughs> you didn't let me finish, John. <laughs> I know that's a juicy <laughs> soundbite that could probably be taken out of context, but um, I am still high. Off of the Linus Omar goal from the other night. I mean, just goalie goals, just they make my heart just feel all warm and cut. Just something I just don't feel often. It's just it, it brings it brings joy to my heart, brings joy to my life. And um, on top of it, it was just it was an unbelievably beautiful shot and uh, one that I'm so glad I was able to see as it happened and was able to react. Yeah, I mean, that's a rarity. That's the only time in Bruins history that that's happened, right? Only 16 times in NHL goal. history. Yeah, and your your guy, Martin Brodeur, had uh, more than one of those, right? Yeah, I mean, regular, was there was a regular season there. and a postseason one, so, you know. Pretty incredible. Now, I'm going to be the contrarian here because, you know, sometimes you need that. And it, it was fascinating to see, and it just kind of shows you how good the Bruins are this year. They've got the goalie scoring a goal, but yeah. a bunch of wins up in Vancouver. But was it the smartest play? Because if he misses the net and it's icing now, it's still two to one, and you've got a face-off in your own zone. Is the smarter play to give the puck to a defenseman it, it's and try such to a, get the puck past the red line and you know kill clock? It, it's such a rarity that and and look, I mean this this Bruins team is. I, I mean, at this point, the only thing we can do right now is wait and see how the season ends to to really kind of put the final superlatives on this team. And, and if, if things continue to go the way they're going, there's going to be a lot of good ones. Um, but right now, this this team just really can't do wrong. And, and I think uh, he came really close to this um, in the Winter Classic. And, you know, again, 
the last time this had happened uh, was Pekka Rene about, uh, what, I don't know, five, six years ago, something like that, um, for Nashville. So, again, this just doesn't happen that often. And, and I think given the opportunity, um, given the opportunity, I, I think the opportunity was there. Uh, he had enough room. Um, and he decided very quickly when he took the shot. As soon as he gathered in the, the puck that was dumped in, um, it was, it was almost like he just snapped right into a shooting mode and just delivered it. And that, look, if you're a goalie, um, you know, that's a re- if you're going to, if you're going to ice the puck or shoot the puck or get the puck down the ice, y- you have a responsibility to make sure that you can do that because it's not the easiest thing to do because obviously, you know, given the, the, uh, uh, uh I don't know, the physics of the position when you're a righty you catch with your left, which means you have to shoot lefty, which is your offhand. So it's not your natural shooting position, not to mention the blocker and then the glove and not your real hand. There's a lot of lot of things that go into it. So, yeah, there is some risk, John. I mean, sure. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it was it was so minimal given what could happen. And in reality, worst case scenario, if it was icing, I can't remember exactly who was on the ice, but very likely you'd probably have Bergeron or Krejci or one of those guys to take a face off in their own zone. And I... I, I I'd put a lot of money on on the fact that they'd probably follow through. Yeah, I mean, I, I sound like the old guy trying to, you know, rain on the parade, but I was just thinking of that. But yeah, stop team, ruining my fun, John. Jeez. I know. I know it's the, like the best day of the year so far for you. So, you know, I'm, I'm sorry I'm, you know, making it so bad. But the way he pounced on it, too, right? Like, he, he made his mind up before the puck was on his stick, yeah. which is, I yeah. think, what you have to do, right? It's, it's instinctual. It's like the shortstop that knows, okay, if the ball's hitting the hole, I'm going to third base. I'm not going to go to second base. That, that was – it, it, it was the classic – that field goal would have been good from 70 yards. I mean, just the way he oh, got into perfect. it, and it was – yeah. Yeah, I mean, that thing was – it wasn't like he just – it wasn't like curling. You know, I mean, the no. thing was really – was shot. I mean, it's that's not quite the day no child, but it was pretty – you know, pretty. Uh, it's a beautiful wrist and, shot, and with some force. Yeah, it was good. So you know, good for him. But no, I mean that's how good they are. They're forty-five, eight, and five. Ian. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't even seem to compute. They're, they're Carolina's having an incredible year, right? Yep. And they're nine points behind the Bruins. You know, they've got eighty-six points, and they've been in a normal year. Carolina's the best team in hockey. This, this Bruins team is, you know, up among the the greatest of all times in terms of regular season records. Now, obviously, we're going to see what happens in in April, May, and hopefully June. But were they plus ninety seven? Yeah. Goals? I mean, that's that's insane. The the difference between them and Carolina, or I'm sorry, New Jersey, who I believe is well, at least the last I checked uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. they were the second best team. The difference between them and New Jersey, I think, was plus forty four when I checked, and that would be good for fifth best in the league. Just the difference, <laughs> which again, it, it's a it's absurd, and it, and it kind of shows you how. Uh, you know, we joke that, I mean, they're getting so much depth scoring that goaltenders are scoring. I mean, that's how ridiculous it is. I mean, as as, as a Bruins fan, as someone who's who's been watching this team since, you know, I can I, I could walk, you know, um, the last few years have been just a, a, a just painstaking to watch because you knew this team was very top heavy. But they 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 just couldn't score from the bottom four. Now they're getting it from the from everywhere, everywhere. They score. They don't let up points. They play great team defense. I mean, it, there's everything about this team. Totally. Checks. They're, they're, yeah. I I don't want to say it, but they really just don't have a weakness right now. No, no. And then after the trade, obviously they added some depth there, right? A, a depth and physicality. And a, 
and physicality, yeah. which is, I think, the two things they need. Because if you play Carolina mm-hmm. in the conference finals, that's what Carolina does, right? They play very heavy, and they had a top seven game mm-hmm. series a year ago. Let's get the skates on Jim Montgomery, get him a stick, and see if he can score too. <laughs> what the hell? Why not? Yeah, I, I mean, look, he, involved. so far, I mean, again, the, the, the Bruin, this Bruins team is going to walk away with a lot of hardware. Um Regular season hardware for sure. I mean, again, Linus Olmark was pretty much a, a shoe in for the Vesna. Um, I, I think not that it really means anything from the grand scheme of things, but um, being the second quickest to thirty wins uh, in the fewest games behind Tiny Thompson, a former Bruin goalie from uh, back in your day, right? Way back when. Oh yeah, uh, way back then. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Eighty years yeah, ago. Yeah, whatever, something but, yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, between that, the first uh, goalie to thirty wins this season, obviously scoring the goal adds into it. First in goals against average. First, I mean, it, again, there, there's, <clears throat> there's going to be a lot of hardware. Jim Montgomery is going to be the coach of the year. Uh, they're going to win the President's Trophy. So there's a lot of these things that are going to uh, be a factor. Um, or, or be a, a celebration at the end of the season. But, you know, again, at the end of the day, you want to see what this team does in the postseason. And unlike in years past, and even in 2019 when they did go to the final, you know, they certainly weren't as good as they are now. I mean, not even close. And they were a really good team in 2019. Now, again, the same old problem occurred where they got to the final or be, even kind of before they got to the final, but they did get the finals and, uh, you know, against St. Louis, they were just overpowered, uh, especially in the, in game seven. And that's something that you, you just don't see happening with this team anymore. Uh, certainly not this season. And to be able to add a guy like Garnet Hathaway, who led the Washington Capitals and hits um, who, and who can play bottom six minutes and in a pinch, sometimes middle six minutes. So that's a great trade for them. Uh, uh, Dimitri Orloff, another guy who could be essentially be a top four defenseman on this team. Um, when you already have guys like Charlie McAvoy and, and Hampus Lindholm and, and, you know, Brandon Carlo, and it, it's, it's an impressive team. It's, it's an incredible team to watch. And, and like I said, I, I, the, the goalie goal was just, it, it was cause really John, I, I, if you think about it, if you watch the game and I, I was watching the game, I had the Celtics kind on in the background, but they didn't really play a great second and third period. They had a really strong first period. They didn't play a great second and third period. And I'm not going to say that they were holding on to that win uh, or, or they just barely held on to that. I mean, it, they're a very good team. And sometimes, you know what? Sometimes you just, yeah, we know we're good. We're, we'll do it, you know, the bare minimum, whatever. And that's kind of what the feeling I got from them. So, you know, the goal is kind of important from the sense that, like, well, you needed really that insurance goal to make sure you get your sixth win of the season. You don't really want to go to overtime, you know, out in the West. You know, you really want to come home thinking, yeah, we had a big victory right there. And that's what they did, and that's what that goal meant. And, again, it's just kind of icing on the cake for, for what this – regular season has been for the Bruins who right now are just, you know, getting prepared for the playoffs and, and what they can do in the postseason. And, and you look at this, the impressive part so far with the Bruins is they can win in any fashion. Like the other night, maybe they didn't play their best game. It was two to one. All Mark scores three, one final, you know, the first game of the four game road trip was what six, five over Seattle yeah. and six different players scored goals. You tied it late. Um, and then you won it late. So just impressive ways that they can win because, again, I think it's so important that you now have Pasternak on the same line with Krejci. I think they've worked so well together. So now you have two elite lines, right? You move DeBrusque up to the first line. He's been in 
seamlessly with Bergeron and Marchand. I think I could fit in seamlessly with those two guys because they're so darn good. Uh, and then you've got a former Hart Trophy winner on your third line and, and Charlie Coyle at center. That's, that's a good third line. So the depth is there, the versatility. And, and this, this trade to me is a home run to add two players that are going to give you that physicality. And by the way, Garnett Hathaway, is that one of the coolest names you've ever heard? <laughs> it's almost as cool as your name. You yeah. have one of the coolest names of any friends I have. I really am impressed with that because, you know, Italian-American, we kind of, you know, we have the long names with the vowel at the end, but you've got a cool name and Garnet Hathaway. That's like, that's a, that sounds like an aristocrat. To me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting this weird mix of uh, uh, Kevin Garnett and Anne Hathaway. I just, I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it's weird, you know. Um, thinking about the 2007 NBA Finals and uh, Interstellar. I don't know. Brokeback <laughs> yeah. Mountain or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I look, I mean, it, this, this Bruins, I mean, look, we're still a week away from the trade deadline too. So unlike in years past, this wasn't a desperation move. They were proactive. Um, and, and I'm not going to say that they're going to do anything more, um, but you know, the options are there for them. Um, I, I'm glad they got rid of the draft picks because who the hell cares at this point? You know, you want to, mm-hmm. you want to win now. And this is a type of move that you can win now with. So, um, but the other interesting thing that same night, John, you know, unfortunately I didn't get to see this live cause I was paying attention to the Bruins game and everything that was going on there. But, um, Jason Tatum, big shot mm-hmm. end of the game, win the game, uh, against the 76ers who even look, we, we, we talk about, you know, when we do talk about the NBA and we talk about the East, it's, it's, it's really the Celtics, the Bucks and everyone else. And I, I saw someone tweet this today that, you can really never count on any other team to beat the Bucks other than the Celtics. And that's kind of, you know, even without Giannis, you know, Giannis is a little banged up or whatever. Um, they're clearly the two best teams in the East, right? I would say so. I mean, I'm about 90% there. I'm still holding out for the Cavaliers, who I picked to win the East before the season, so I'll stick with it. They're really good. I mean, Donovan Mitchell's is as yeah. good as it gets. Darius Garland's outstanding. Mobley and Jared Allen are too big. They don't have really accomplished wings, which the league is loaded with wings. I don't know why they didn't go out and get one at the trade deadline. Maybe they'll get one in the buyout market. But I would say that they're the third-best team in the East, along with Philadelphia. Philadelphia just can't beat the Celtics. They really can't. They had a 15-point lead on Saturday night, and then they came back with the lead, and they just can't get it done. And look, Joel Embiid is phenomenal. I mean, he nearly tied the game up with a 75-foot shot that looked like Aaron Rodgers yeah. rolling left and throwing right. I mean, that was that was a thing of beauty. He's sensational. And just look at the Celtics, Ian. They've won a lot of games this year where Tatum's been off. He was yeah. off Saturday night. He didn't really have a great game, but he hit the big shot when he needed to. He ended up with 18 points. He had 15 before he hit that game-winning three, but he still makes that big shot. And that's when you see a great player have yeah. an off night but hit the big shot when necessary. They can win when he has an off night because they're so deep. Oh, like, and, and a like guy like Jalen Jalen Brown, oh, <laughs> you know, like I mean, how's that as your number two guy? Yeah, one A. So you, you know, whatever. That's just, to me. Let's take LeBron and, and Anthony Davis out of the equation because Anthony Davis is never healthy. Tatum and Brown right now is the best duo in the league. They have the best record. Uh, they're essentially the same age. They're good on both ends of the court. You know, they're, they're both good for forty on any given night. And they comp- they complement each other very and they well. Do. They're starting to complement each other exactly. That's the big thing. My only qualm with them is the turnovers. That's yeah. an oh. issue for mm-hmm. both guys. And I think there's some ways that at the end of certain games or even during the middle of a game, I'd like to see a five man unit out there of Tatum and Brown with Marcus Smart, Derek White, 
and Malcolm Brogdon. Now, that's a small lineup. Tatum is your biggest guy in that situation. But if you're not playing Giannis or Embiid, try it out. I just want to see what that looks like because now you take a lot of pressure off of Brown and Tatum because you've got other ball handlers out there. That, that would be their best offensive unit. I just want to see what it looks like for four or six minutes at a time just to see how that is because that could be a closing lineup against certain teams in the postseason that don't have big. And, and it would be incredibly hard to defend. For a lot of teams. I mean, oh. w- when you think, especially especially if you're getting all those guys that just happen, they don't even have to be, like, on fire. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, like Derek White, if he's going to hit a few big threes and then all of a sudden you have Tatum and Brown, and it, it's, 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 it makes your head spin trying to guard it. But, again, obviously, <laughs> that is only in certain situations. You're not going to do that against the 76ers and Embiid and, and, no. and Giannis because, well... No. <laughs> It would, you know, it, would be kinda, wanted, it would be kind of comical to see, like, yeah, Derek White try to... Hanging around with yeah, yeah, White. yeah, yeah. Joel Embiid's in the low post <laughs> at 300 pounds and, and all that incredible ability. So, yeah, yeah it's amazing. And, and again, we, you know, let's jinx ourselves, but why not? But, you know, again, maybe the double title, rather, the Celtics and Bruins. And I'm doing a lot of research this morning. Um, it's never happened. Uh, there's been a couple of times where it's been close, including Boston in 1974, mm-hmm. which I was 11 years old at the time, so I was a big fan of both the Bruins and the Celtics. The Celtics lost. Uh, the Celtics beat the Bucks in seven games. The Bruins lost to the Flyers in six. And before those series started, Ian, I was like so sure that the Bruins were going to beat the Flyers because the Flyers had never won in Boston Garden in their mm-hmm. seven-year history at that time. And the Bruins were loaded with Orr and Esposito. I mean, they they looked like they were going to roll in that series. The Celtics Bucks series looked really tough because Milwaukee had Kareem, but the Celtics won in seven. The Bruins lost in six. And then in 1994, you had the Rangers and the Knicks. The right. Rangers won in seven over Vancouver, and the Knicks lost in seven to Houston. So, you know, if you could win both of these titles in June, I mean, that would – what a cherry on top of the Sunday that would be for this ridiculous run that produced 12 titles. Yeah, no, and and, and, and look, maybe that's getting a little too ahead of ourselves. I think – because the, the, this is the crazy thing. As great as Celtics season has been, it, it is – they are like – Relative to the Patri- or Patriots, relative to the Bruins, not relative to the Patriots, uh, relative to the Bruins, they're a very flawed team, if you think about it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. everything that they do well is great, and, and there's a reason why they're, you know, arguably the best team in the league, obviously, you know, number one seed in the East right now, and, and very much a title favorite, and I'm not denying any of that. And I think there's a very good chance that, again, you, you talk about how great the 76ers are. Well, th- the problem is, if they can't get through the Celtics, well, guess what? They ain't doing anything because <laughs> mm-hmm. they're always going to have to at some point go through the Celtics and it's just not going to work. So, you know, really, the odds of the Celtics getting back to the NBA finals are are fairly high. Certainly when you think of, mm-hmm. well, even with a healthy Giannis, you still like this matchup as the Celtics as the favorite. So, like, it isn't contingent on, well, we hope Giannis is, is a little banged up or maybe they're not 100% and the Celtics might be able to eke this one out. It's like, no. If all things are equal, the Celtics are a better team. So, you know, you really have to like their chances. And then you talk about the Bruins, and it's like, you know, again, I've watched sports long enough to know never to, to get ahead of yourself, and there's been other times where, you know, you sit there and you you see what's on the wall. But we're looking at a team that and we kind of talked about it, I believe, um, or, or maybe I brought it up on the Big Brad Bruins, but I do, do so many shows, Sean, I kind of forget sometimes. Um <clears throat> But, you know, this is a team that could, you know, it takes 16 wins to win the Stanley Cup. This team could go 16-5. and five. 
And that would be below their current pace, by the way, what they're doing over essentially a 21-game span on average. So that would be one of the best postseason runs of all time. Again, right up there with some of the other great runs, and and there have been many. I'm not saying that would be like a unique thing, but certainly unique in modern history, last 10 years or so. And again, I'd have to kind of go back and and double check. I know that the Lightning had a really good run a couple years ago, so it might match something like that. Either way, it's not easy to do. We're not talking about, we're talking about a team that's essentially going to just kind of cruise through. I mean, from, from start to finish, and sometimes we see this, John. Sometimes we see it from start to finish. And, and look, the Red Sox had a run like this, where they were just from from mm-hmm. the beginning of the season to the very last game of the World Series, they were just balls to the wall, so to speak. You know, just run the table. Maybe the Bruins are that. And, and look, right now, there's nothing to make me think that they're not, you know? So, the. <laughs> Look again. Is it tough in hockey though? Isn't it tough in hockey because of the certain matchups? Sure. I mean, look. I, sure. If you get to the second round, you're playing either what Toronto or Tampa Bay, and then look, I don't, Toronto hasn't won a series in 20 years, so no matter how many moves they make, how, how fearful of them are you? And the Bruins have done a really good job against Tampa the last couple of years. I know Tampa's. Yeah. You know, well, things have shifted a little bit, but yeah, yeah. And again, with this depth, uh, that that's the key. I think that was always the difference, right? Where mm-hmm. Tampa was just deeper than the Bruins. So, you know, that first line had so much pressure on it. Now that you have three lines, you can roll out there and Look, force they, all the defensemen. The Bruins, you can roll out two goalies if you need to. The Bruins made it to the finals with one and a half lines, essentially, right. a few years ago. Yep. Now they have four, plus Olmark, obviously. Now you have to account for, for Olmark yep. back there when he handles <laughs> the puck, you know. Um, but, uh, no, look, the, the reality of it is, though, you name like in years past, yes, running into Tampa was it didn't matter how good you were. They they just they were deeper, they were more physical, and and that's ultimately is what's going to pay off in any playoff series in hockey. Mm-hmm. And right now, there's no team that's deeper than the Boston Bruins. Uh, not only no. and again, you can argue, you know, obviously there there are teams that that uh, Edmonton has scored more goals than them. I mean, Bruins are second right now in goals a game, so but. No team not only has the offense, but also the defense. And that that's the biggest thing. Like, some teams are great offensively. The Devils are really good offensively. They're pretty good defensively. The Bruins are great on both sides of the, uh, mm-hmm. of the puck. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it, it's pretty incredible to watch. Um, obviously, at this point, we're just kind of, you know, at this point, you just need to get to the playoffs. And and that's that's really where we're gonna form the ultimate label for this team and, and for this uh, uh, season. And um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, John, for Boston fans at least, they're gonna be doing this twice in about three days in terms of uh, maybe the Celtics and the Bruins wrapping up uh, a final victory. That would be that would be pretty sweet. So you don't want to do just. I mean, let's like really be arrogant here and start planning the parades and just have one massive parade for both teams. I mean, oh, that would that would, really be that, would that would uh, giant that middle would finger for the rest of the country, right? So uh, the Red Sox team you referenced, twenty eighteen, yeah, one hundred eight and fifty four. They win eleven and three in the postseason. They beat like a bunch of good teams. They beat the Yankees, mm-hmm. the Astros, the Dodgers. That was dominant. I mean, you could make a case for twelve championship teams in Boston over the last twenty plus years. That that Red Sox team might have been the most dominant of them all. I mean, the 07 Patriots, yes, 
but they did win the I'd title. Say I'd, 04, I'd, 04 Patriots were 04 Patriots the, the was, most dominant yeah. team of any any one of those yep, 12 I'll, I'll championship teams. On that. The Celtics team in 08, I mean, they needed two seven-game series. Uh, they were really good, but you know, they yeah, they needed that seven game series against the Hawks. That was, <laughs> yeah, think of it, think about it. Yeah. Yeah. LeBron puts up 45 in game seven at the garden. And of course, you know, the next day, Skip Bayless is talking about some, you know, shoddy miss in the second quarter <laughs> yeah. that cost them the game apparently. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And the, and the, but that's pretty interesting. And you know, the team I always reference the set, the two teams I always reference because it's from my childhood, the 70, 71 Bruins were the best, Bruins team ever without question they didn't win the cup they lost in the first round to the mm-hmm. Canadians they just were loaded um and then the 76 77 Canadians I maintain is the best team I've ever seen in any sport they went 68 and 12 mm-hmm. you know, 132 points in an 80 game schedule that's back when after 60 minutes a tie is a tie so there were no overtimes they outscored their opponents by I think close to 200 goals I mean like that's mm-hmm. insane they had 10 Hall of Famers they had won the cup the year before. They won it the following year. That that's the that's the measuring stick. Is that Canadian team? I, I don't think you'll ever see anything quite like that ever again. Um, but yeah, this this is uh, every time I look, I'm just okay. There's due for some sort of slump here, and they had a little bump in the road there for a few games, and then they just snapped out of it. And won six in a row so far. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just like, and I keep you know me with math. You know I love doing math, and it's like 45 and eight with five overtime. That's like insane. They, they, their, their slump was they were one, three, and one, right. And now again, now they've won six in a row. And 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 look, I mean, the one of their losses, uh, I, I think you know you're you're getting close to the the All Star break and everything like that. But yep. you know what do they do? Well, who's the second best home team in the league right now? It's Toronto. So they go up to Toronto, beat the bricks off Toronto. I, I was there, by the way. I was there. No, yeah, not a coincidence. Right. Not a coincidence that they snapped out of the streak, and that that started this run now. So now, you know, they've won six in a row. Um, you mentioned Carolina. I mean, as great as Carolina's been, I mean, it, it, there, there's a nine point difference between the two. And normally, right. like you said, you'd be, we'd be talking about Carolina as the best uh, team in the league. So it, you know, it, it's a it's a it's an interesting. Um, it's an interesting thing or dynamic with this team. It's like, you know, so far they've really given no indication that there there's a weakness. There's a fatal flaw in this team. They're deep. They can win finesse. They can win physical. They can win with, uh, uh, you know, maybe a mediocre um, effort up front and, and a better defensive effort. They can win in so many different ways. And I, at this point, I just don't think that they're intimidated by anyone. I mean, they go out there and know that they can beat anyone. And there, there's no, oh, my God, it's the lightning. Oh, my God, it's the, the, the hurricanes. Or, oh, my God, it's this, that, or the other. No, it's, okay, let's go out and do what we have to do. And what they do is they, they beat the Brickshop team. So um, it, it, it's, it's, a pretty good, it's a pretty good situation for um, Boston heading forward, um, certainly with the Bruins and obviously with the Celtics as well. So like you said, John, hopefully, hopefully we're going to get a, a, a June celebration that will uh, top yeah. them all. So um, that sounds good to me. I like it. I, I like, like celebrations. It. So um, I do want to shift gears real quick before we wrap the show up. And, uh, you know, we never talk about football on the show. I know. I know. I Not know. often. No, I no, it's, just, it. it's always hockey and basketball. That's all we do. But uh, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> um, the uh, the uh, Bears, sorry, the Bears. Was, the uh, Bears. The Bears, yep, yep. I was 
completely uh, completely <laughs> blanked on that. Um, Bears hold the number one overall pick right now. And uh, oh, by the way, real quick, Canadians 60, 60, 8 and twelve. They had twelve ties that season. Um, yeah, I said that. Yeah. So, uh, well, I'm saying, I, I, oh, okay. You know what? I I just you don't listen to me. No, I you know don't. you know I did listen. <laughs> I did listen to you, but I realized what happened. I heard when you said sixty and eight. I thought you said sixty eight. You know, oh, as in 68, sixty twelve. Yeah. Yeah. So that 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 threw me off because I was like. No, I'm pretty sure that I know that they have the points record, um, and right now the Bruins are on pace to break the points record. I'll have to check their um, their wins uh, pace, but I think they're certainly still right at sixty. Um, I don't know if they're going to break the sixty-two mark one, but we'll see. Anyways, anyways, going back, going back to Chicago after that little uh, miscommunication there. Going back to Chicago. Um, they hold the number one overall pick, obviously, or at least we assume that they have. Um, a quarterback in Justin Fields, and I think only you'd really have to be twist yourself in a pretzel to um, <clears throat> excuse me uh, to convince yourself that Justin Fields is an, at, at the very least the right option for next season for for uh, Chicago. Uh, so the reports are that perhaps that number one overall pick is up for grabs, and that really I, again I, I should have looked this up before, but I feel like we haven't seen the number one overall pick get traded in a, in several seasons, if not, you know, maybe more than a decade. So am I wrong? Cause the only thing that's no, popping I'm into my head right back. now is Eli Manning and, and, and uh, Philip Rivers. And that wasn't even a traditional swap of the number one overall pick. It was, well, he got selected and then traded. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that they took, they took Eli, uh, the chargers and then they traded him. Yeah. So I'm just trying to think of the NFL, like, because normally there's someone out there that's like, okay, we got to get this guy, especially if it's a franchise quarterback and CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. I wouldn't call them both can't miss prospects. I think they're really good, but I wouldn't call them can't miss prospects. And Chicago has their quarterback. I hope. I, I'm in agreement with you. I like Justin Fields. Get him some coaching. Maybe get him a wide receiver, something the Bears have never had. Um, and you know, I think you'll see him grow as a quarterback. We saw that with Josh Allen in his third year. We saw that with Jalen Hurts in his third year. So don't give him a chance. Um, so yeah, th- this would be interesting to see what happens. Someone who really wants one of those two quarterbacks can move up a couple of spots. And good, the Bears should trade that pick if they're not going to take a quarterback and get extra draft capital, which they need. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. So obviously, San Diego traded the number one overall pick to Atlanta in 2001. Um, yeah, that's right for Michael Vick. Michael Vick. And Maybe I'm just completely misre- misremembering how this whole situation happened, but it also says in 2016 Tennessee traded that number one overall pick to Los Angeles. Now, am I? Wh- oh, for Jared Goff. Yeah, wh- right. Was it? Yeah, I guess so. Shoot, for a lot. Yeah, yeah, for a lot. yeah. That's right. But you know, again, again, you know, very, very rare that 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 happens. Um, those are the, the last two instances uh, prior to 1997. Um, so, you know, again, this just doesn't happen that often. So I'd be surprised if, if, if it does ultimately come to that. But in most situations, those teams picking number one overall, at the very least, have some sort of quarterback questions. And, and again, Justin Fields isn't perfect. No one knows exactly, um, you, you know, what he's going to be. But, but I think, I think the, the Bears are comfortable enough moving forward with him as their quarterback to, to not have to consider a quarterback at number one and really john 
isn't that the only position you that is really valuable at, at like a top one, two, or three pick? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not a running back. It used to be years ago, but not anymore. I mean, even if is it an offensive lineman, I mean, didn't Jake Long go number one for Miami in 2008? Yeah. I mean, that, that's not what you do anymore. I mean, they're valuable. Wide receivers, I remember Keyshawn Johnson was first overall. I mean, no, it's got to be a quarterback. It's got to be a franchise quarterback that you feel really good about. And it's got to be like a Trevor Lawrence and Andrew Locke. <laughs> and even then, John that's Elway, no sure thing. <laughs> Look no, at the Jets I mean, right I mean, now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Zach Wilson, exactly. They had the third pick, too. They they made trades to move up to number three to get Sam Darnold, and that didn't work out. Yeah, and, and so so to me, if I'm the Bears, yeah, I'm probably looking to, to, to trade that number one overall pick because, you know, it's definitely overvalued by other teams oh, yeah. and, and certainly other, you know, again, I, I think it, it's certainly overvalued in the uh, Twitters, Twitterverse, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. I almost yep. said Twittersphere, and I don't know, just stumbled over my words I, I decided to change it up at midway through speaking which whatever anyways make your own words up yeah you know i do that i do that I, I try i try um there was remember that word i made up a few months ago and now i can't remember what it was you even complimented it i don't know i'll have to figure that one out like, uh, was that go go through the archive yeah I'll, I'll, go, the archive. I'll go i'll start listening every hour of every Spend show day doing that, that we, yes. yeah um Anyway, so See, like I, George I, trying to get that zipper fixed on his, you know, his jacket. <laughs> remember, it's like he couldn't stop with it. Oh, that's that drives me nuts. Whenever I get a, a zipper stuck like that, oh, I'm just like terrible. George. I, I couldn't, I couldn't live. Terrible. I, I couldn't settle down. I couldn't relax. Or I couldn't do anything nope. until it got fixed. But <laughs> um, <clears throat> so yeah, so I I think the Bears would likely, you know, trade that or should probably move that. Um, the question is, what team do you think might bite? Because I mean, we know NFL are number one overall picks. You're gonna you're gonna have to you're gonna have to give up quite a haul um, to to you know to move up to number one, uh, even if you're just a few spots back. So I'm trying to think of well, what team might do it? Well, maybe the maybe the Colts could be the Colts, could be Carolina, Atlanta. Those those are teams that come to mind, especially in that division. Yeah, I mean, in the both South, if you can get a franchise quarterback you you can contend for years to come in the afc south and nfc south so those would be three teams that i would think would be very interested in moving up to get one of those two quarterbacks or both yeah and, and look i mean if you're <clears throat> again the colts are another another team that um you know just really just haven't you know they thought they found a quarterback and they very well could have if if you know andrew luck continued to play mm-hmm. but but Sadly, that was not the case. Uh, but they, they've been in qu- quarterback purgatory since, really, the, the season Peyton Manning was, was injured. Because I, I'm not even going to count the Andrew Luck years because it's almost just like false hope. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, you thought yeah. you were in a good spot, but the reality of it was you weren't. Um, so, you know, th- this is a team that's desperate. They have, you know, they have a new coach. They have the ability to uh, go in and, and potentially move up to that number one pick. Um but again, I mean, all these situations, all these teams that are going to be willing to do that, you know, they got a lot of work to do. The Colts aren't, you know, a, team, a quarterback, a young quarterback away from contending. Neither no. are the Titans or the or any of the other teams that were mentioned. Um, you know, uh, obviously, we don't think the Jets are going to do that uh, just because, 
again, I mean, they're, they're, they're more focused on the veteran quarterback route. Um, Atlanta is interesting because they've been very, very closely tied with uh, Lamar Jackson, or at least mentioned when it comes to his mm-hmm. possible availability. Um, we'll have, I think, a little bit more clarity on that once we kind of realize, figure out what, you know, what the Ravens are doing, what what tag they're going to put on him, if any. Um, I imagine he is going to get tagged, but it, it all depends on which tag they use and whether or not Atlanta could potentially swing a deal and all that. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I look, I, I'd like to see it get traded. I like to see this draft get mixed up a little bit because, look, I, quite frankly, I think Chicago would be foolish to try to reset their quarterback situation, and that that's really all you'd use that number one overall pick for because – you know, let's face it, I, I don't think there's a, a can't-miss offensive line stud, you know, surefire Hall of Fame guy. And and look, go back to 2020. I mean, Tristan Wirth was taken 14th overall, and he was by far mm-hmm. the best offensive lineman, not only in that draft, but one of the best offensive linemen in the league. So uh, th- those top overall picks are really, I think, overvalued, and I think you can certainly take advantage of that if you're the Bears. So, Sign yeah, me unless up Anthony if, Munoz, is, unless Anthony yeah. Munoz is coming out, yeah, then yeah, you can get someone. You know, five, six, seven. Quentin Nelson went fifth, I believe, and he's one of the best prides in the league. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, I, I did. I'm I'm sorry, John. I, I mentioned before we got on the air that we we're going to talk about LeBron in a little bit. So, but we kind of yeah, we can save we, that we, for another we, day. Yeah, we ran out of time. So. Um, oh. <laughs> well, we'll we'll save it. Maybe they'll get their win streak up to four or five games. Um, and then we can yeah. uh, we can we can talk about them knocking on the door of the second wild card spot. So uh, <laughs> until then, though, until then, uh, we're gonna have to say goodbye. We will be back um, tomorrow tentatively. I'm 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 due to get a wisdom tooth out today. Yes, I know. Okay. Yeah, I know. I might have to get a little bit different high for that. Uh, <laughs> I and by that I mean I'm gonna watch the Olmark goal over and over and over again and kind of high overdose myself. That's that's what I'm saying, folks. Don't don't listen to with me. a big smile on your face and you'll be drooling. Yeah, exactly. So, um, <laughs> oh, apparently someone really wants to talk to me. Nope. Okay, they're gone. Anyways, uh, we will possibly be back tomorrow. No, they're still here. Uh, we will possibly be back tomorrow. Uh, it all depends on how my mouth feels, and, and perhaps maybe it'll be best for everyone if I do not speak. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So, anyways, have a great day. Enjoy your Monday, and we will uh, possibly talk to you tomorrow.